0: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
1: Hello, everyone. Poker and Politics here. Wanted to talk about QAnon's declaration that they're doing this for the children. That they care about the pedophiles that are out there doing bad things to children, and being monsters. And that this is what QAnon is all about. Protecting kids, saving them from these predators, these awful people. And the thing about this is is that they say this because it's the way they justify everything. It gives them a basis in reality to make claims that have no justification. Whenever you argue with them about these things, they'll say, oh, you don't think that pedophiles are real? You really don't think these people are doing these things? And you have to tell them that, of course, these the pe- pedophiles do exist. Of course, rich people and people uh, with power can do bad things. These are obvious things. This is not uh, revelatory. This is not new information. But the thing about this is, they will the people they will implicate in these crimes will be Epstein, uh, Harvey uh, Harvey Weinstein, uh, John of God. Um, Seville, the British guy, they'll name off all the pedophiles they think. They can. They'll bring Nexium up and Rainier and Alison Mack. They'll they'll name all these people. You know what they you know what they're missing out of this group of people that they're listing? Elected officials. They're missing literally the ruling class of America. The people that run for office and win office and thus represent america as governors mayors congressmen senators the president they never implicate anyone who's actually holding public office as a as a way to prove what they're saying they well say that hillary clinton was a pedophile and a murderer. They'll say that Obama grabbed $65,000 worth of hot dogs. They will slander these people. But when you press them to prove their case, they'll just bring up a bunch of rich monsters that they know got convicted of actual crimes. It's weird they don't bring up Jerry Sandusky. I guess the whole Penn State thing is a sore subject because they're probably like, Football fans and stuff like that. But, or the Catholic Church for crying out loud. This is the thing is that we do know that there have been pedophile rings in the past. And we know that a massive organization like the Catholic Church covered up these crimes. But again, this leads back into what I said before in my previous podcast about the 2020 election and democracy in general. The Catholic Church is a authoritarian institution. It has a power structure that makes it so they can shield themselves from the view of the outside. They're able to close their doors. They're able to keep their crimes secret. Because no one is able to go poking around, no one's trying to get into the Catholic Church from without you have to be uh, you have to spend your time working your way up the ranks to get to the point where you can become a priest and then uh get sent to a church and start being a monster, whereas in our government anyone can run for office. Laura Loomer is trying to run for office in Florida I mean this is the nature of democracy. This is the nature of representative government, that you can try to run for election. And you would again think that being able to prove that your opponent was a pedophile would be a massive win for you. And this is the thing about all of this, is that I'm not talking about people being good or decent or moral or just. I'm not this, like, dive in the hippy-dippy, everyone's a good person, we're all happy little snowflakes living on the magical planet Earth. It's none of that. I'm just talking about brutal self-interest. I'm just talking about the fact that if you're seeking power, if you're seeking to build a name, if you're seeking to win office to wield power and potentially use that office as a stepping stone to obtain more power. Say you want to go from Congress, congressperson to senator or congressperson to governor and then work from governor to maybe president or whatever. But just the, in, the entire desire, the self-interest of you winning that campaign it kind of behooves you to expose your opponents, uh, being a Satanist, being a pedophile, being a cannibal, all of those things. It would be in your. It would cost them a few votes. You would rise in the esteem of the public if you were to do these things, and you would lower them in the eyes of the public by doing these things. So I'm not really asking a lot uh, of people um, from people to uh, do these things. I'm just asking people to uh, understand that this conspiracy, this plot, it falls apart unless you implicate everybody in it. And once you do that, it kind of falls apart because it's really hard to keep a conspiracy quiet when everybody's in on it. So... When QAnon is talking about how they got to save the kids, they're just using it as a shield to justify their hatred of the people they hate. And that's the real thing about QAnon that so obviously makes it transparently nonsense, is that their targets are only the people they hate. The evidence only ever takes them in the direction they wanted to go in in the first place. They never find anything that implicates a person they like as being part of the plot. Because they go from the actual facts of Epstein and Weinstein and Nexium, they go right from that to John Podesta's emails and the creepy art he owns and Obama talking about hot dogs and. Hillary Clinton, just kind of existing, really. I mean, it's Hillary Clinton. Boo, Hillary. Boo. Boo. And they will pretend that the information they have against these other people is as good or as solid as the information they have against Epstein, Weinstein, and Nexium. Which is nonsense, because if it was, those people would be arrested the same as those other people were. And it would be really obvious that these crimes are the same. But instead they have to just, they have to accuse Hillary by implication. They have to accuse these people of crimes by just suggesting there are crimes. Like Hillary Clinton got involved with that lady in Haiti that was kidnapping those kids, and she really didn't get involved. The State Department got involved. It was a whole to-do, standard thing where a U.S. citizen does something wrong in a foreign country. One thing leads to another, blah, 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 blah. But if you listen to QAnon and you read Q, it's one blacks will leave the Democratic Party en masse once the truth about Haiti is uncovered. Which, getting kind of close to the election here, I know it's like half a year away, but... That'll be gone before you know it, so if I was Q, I think I'd get around to truthinating Haiti so that you could start shoring up Trump's re-election bid. I mean, I don't know. what You're running out of time before it's going to look really political to do anything, so get moving, I guess? Question mark? And then, of course, Podesta, it comes down to the art and the emails. And the art, the thing about the art is that the art is not, he didn't paint the art. An artist did these, these things. But these people never blame the artists. They never blame the artists. They never read about the artists. They never understand that the artist had a, a message and a thought and an idea and that they were trying to express something through the art. And what they were trying—they were not trying to express that small children are sexually appealing to them, and that they are monsters that wish to abuse the children. It's just art, and this is the thing. You can get mad about art, but it doesn't mean that you're right and they're wrong. It doesn't mean anything. Art is totally subjective. What you could see as dehumanizing, someone else can see as empowering. What you can see as pornographic, someone can see as artistic. I made this mention on a uh, Twitter thread a while ago, and the person yelled at me. But imagine punching someone in the head and knocking them unconscious. Imagine the violence of that, that you just swing your fist through the air, crack this person on the jaw, And and just send them crashing to the ground, unconscious, just totally defenseless. And me giving you that image, giving you the concept of that, your thought would be violence. Your thought would be brutality. Your thought would be depravity. It would be all these negative things. But now... You spin that back and you make it a combat sport. You make it boxing or mixed martial arts. And you sh- you have that person throwing that punch and hitting the other person and knocking them out. And, w- and there's going to be people talking about the beauty of that punch. The skill of that punch. The precision of that punch. The way they were able to move their body and turn their hips into it to generate the, the most amount of power they could over a short distance. The way they were able to penetrate the other person's defenses so that they could get at their chin with that shot. That they may have used feints, or they may have landed a leg kick, or they may have just done something else that just got the person in the spot they wanted them to be in so that that clubbing, hammering shot would land and knock the other person out and win them the fight. And so, right there, you can understand that in most views, in most perspectives, a punch is a violent, ugly, terrible thing. But if you are a connoisseur of punches, which people are, it's a thing that exists. If you are a connoisseur of the punch, you can find beautiful punches. You can find incredibly artistic punches. And that is the nature of humanity. That is the nature of the way we see the world. You throw a ball from one person to another person, it's ball throwing. But if Tom Brady were to throw a ball to Rob Gronkowski, that could be a work of art. It could be a beautiful thing. And I'm allowed to say that now because one of them's a buccaneer and the other one's retired, so I'm now treading on past glories and I'm not hurting anyone's feelings as a Patriots fan. Except for my own. We're fucked. We're we're hopelessly fucked. Thank God we're not gonna be playing in front of crowds this year. So the the home team <laughs> the home stadium will not be booing our uh, the terrible representation of whatever the New England Patriots are this year. So thumbs the breaks. But th- this is the nature of of art. This is the nature of competition. This is the nature of just subjective views of reality and how people see things, understand things, and express themselves. That's all there is to it. It's a very, very nuanced thing. It requires thinking. It requires understanding. It requires seeing things from different perspectives. And the truth is, is there are going to be people that are going to see a guy punch a guy in the head. They're going to think it's sport, They're going to think it's barbaric. It's brutal. It's terrible. They will never accept that there could be any artistry or skill or um, just genius to it. And by that same token, people are going there are going to be people that look at the Podesta art and just think it's pedophilic, that it's monstrous, that it's depraved, that anyone that would look at it is just a terrible human being. And That's your prerogative. Everyone's got an opinion. No one's telling you that your opinion is wrong. Where you're wrong is when you say that people like this should be investigated for liking the art or that liking the art uh, bespeaks of some hidden evil inside that person's soul. I watch MMA all the time. I I love any competition at all. I could watch the UFC for a three-hour show and then flip the channel over to curling. And I could watch people throw rocks on ice, and I would just be gripped by it. I'm like, oh, yeah, he fucking threw that rock really good. I love it. I mean, and I honestly feel that way. I love any kind of competition. You tell me the rules of the game. You tell me the people that are playing it are good. I'm in. I'm in. Darts, in. Doesn't, doesn't matter. There's, I don't think there's a sport or a competition I wouldn't enjoy. Esports, I'll watch people play Street Fighter all day. Love it. And that's the thing, people playing a video game, kids playing video games, but there's art. It's beautiful. If you've ever seen Justin Wong get absolutely destroyed by Diego, and I hope I got Diego's name right, because I know Justin Wong was the guy who got destroyed. If you've ever seen the block parry, the Evo moment, as it were, that, that is art. That is beautiful. And it's a video game. It's a bunch of like pixels on a screen moving in a certain way. That's it. That's all it is. And yet, if you watch the reactions people had to that Perry, uh, that series of parries, there's a room full of people. Like 200, 300 people are screaming, yelling, freaking out, losing their minds. Because what they're watching is so incredible. And 95% of Americans in the world would look at it and go, well, what the fuck is this crap? They're playing a video game. But that's, that's, how, we, that's how we interact with the world. That's how we understand the world. So when these people tell you that they're doing this for the children and this is all they care about is making sure the children are safe, they just use that as their shield and they just want to be able to go after the people they don't like because it never blows back on the people they don't like. All the credible claims of assaults against uh, Donald Trump they don't care about. The fact that numerous uh, wrestlers Uh, And students have come out to say that Jim Jordan turned a blind eye to them being molested while they were uh, in Ohio State. Uh, They don't care. Jim Jordan's their man.
0: Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds.
1: Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? Right. They only want to be able to use the concept, of the idea of pedophiles and the idea of child abuse as a means to destroy the careers and lives of the people they despise. They will never follow the evidence to a logical conclusion. Donald Trump supported Roy Moore, a credibly accused pedophile, and they never... Never thought to a moment about that. They never said, hey, wait a minute, Donald Trump's back in a pedophile. That's a bad luck. Nope. Just keep the Trump train rolling. They've never, never been uh, honest or sincere about any of this. They've never actually uh, held their own side to the same standard they hold everyone else to. So that's about the, my tirade. Let's go to the questions, as it were. Uh... Windhorse Strategic says, "But wait, I heard H- uh, Hanks was on NPR's Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me this past weekend, and he played around. He said he and Rita were in California, but not Gitmo. What is going on here, clone? Um, the world's slowest arrest process seems likely. I guess. I mean, it's really funny because the whole coronavirus thing really crystallized for QAnon when Trump when uh, Hanks got." infected. Because before that it was either fake or just nebulously bad. But then when Hanks got it, everyone jumped on it as being a white hat plot to arrest all the bad guys. And then Q came out and still blamed the ShyComs. Which is really funny because if you listen to Alex Jones's show, it's all he talks about Shycoms. Because Alex Jones is old and beating dead horses. But uh they the more that Tom Hanks remains free, the more they'll just pretend all of their silliness about arresting Hanks, arresting Ellen, arresting Oprah. They'll just move that all down the memory hole. They'll forget all about it. And they will back it up with the uh, standard defense they always do in these situations, which is to do the whole Q didn't say that. Because. The whole idea that Q actually matters to QAnon is uh, laughable. Q exists only to give them uh, directions. Like, Q will point them in a path, but they just run off and do whatever they want. I mean, Q says, go east. And they're like, well, as long as we're any anywhere between uh, north and south, we're technically east. So let's do this. And they just end up wherever the hell they're going to end up. And they make it up as they go along. They uh, generate whatever nonsense they're going to generate. And at the end of the day, when all their stuff blows up in their faces, as it inevitably will, then they'll just then they go back to the conical, uh teachings of Q and be like, oh, well, Q, I w- Q never said anything about Hanks getting pinched or any of that. He said it was the Shikoms. And so you can't, bust us for this. You can't get on us about Hank's being arrested. And it's like, well, you said stupid stuff and we have screen grabs of it. So, uh, no, we can't hold you to account for what you said. Even though your cult leader didn't say anything, uh, just because he was asleep for the first half of the coronavirus uh, lockdown, as it were. Which is what I want out of my super-secret spy that's trying to save the world. Just not really being attentive or really caring. Uh, My pandemic account asks, what do you think about the connections between the satanic panic of the 80s and the Q Pizzagate stuff of today with regards to being a seemingly recurring psychological phenomenon? Been rereading The Devil's Knot and it got me thinking. Um, I think this is a, it's the same story constantly being retold because people want to uh, humanize the battle between God and the devil. They want to put this ethereal, spiritual battle on the earth in terms where it's something that you can engage in. You can actually fight the battle in more than just praying every night for salvation. So when you're able to point out that Ozzy Osbourne is a Satanist, it makes it easier to uh, give a face to the enemy and give uh, your side credibility that Satanism is real and that there is a bad guy. And that's the nature of this Illuminati New World Order stuff, is that you convince yourself that the rich and powerful are evil and that they are the minions of Satan and that your side is going to expose the minions of Satan for their terrible crimes and save the world. Makes life a lot more thrilling that way, too, when you're able to uh, be the hero and stop the bad guys. Which is why QAnon is so appealing, because Donald Trump is taking over that role for you. You don't actually have to save the world. Donald Trump will do it for you. Um, Clouds in the Rain says, I really want to know why they target some of the celebrities. They picked Tom Hanks. What? Why? Oprah. Hanks, um... Sarah Ruth Ashcraft, one of the big QAnon promoters, um, she is someone who needs a lot of help. She accused her father of selling her to Tom Hanks as a sex slave. And then you had Isaac Cappy uh, accuse Hanks of various crimes before he killed himself. And he killed himself in broad daylight. It was not uh, a shadowy uh, suicide by any stretch of the imagination. The other thing about Hanks is that uh, Hanks does uh, a rich person kind of thing, where he goes on walks by himself. And these walks will take him on the beaches and the sides of highways, and he will find discarded gloves, discarded flip-flops, discarded just... Things. Stuff. Combs. Whatever. And he'll just take a photo of it and post it to Instagram and be like, "Shoe Found on the side of the highway. Wonder who lost it. Signed, Hanks. With an X instead of a KS. And people think that these uh, photos are like his trophies of his numerous murderous conquests. Because They're sick and they need to just project evil onto the world. Oprah is mostly uh, seen as a pederast because she promoted John of God and then he went down for all kinds of pedophile stuff and sexual abuse. And I think there was another guy that I'm drawing, probably Weinstein, because she was definitely tight to Weinstein as well. But yeah, basically they, they they have a guilt by association with with Oprah where she promoted people, brought them into the limelight, they turned out to be Pederists. So she's gotta be a Pederist, obviously. And uh they managed to get a uh they managed to get Oprah trending one night, which was hilarious because it just wouldn't stop happening. It was like it was Oprah and then it was uh no Oprah. And then it was like, please Oprah, whatever. And they just kept having all these different trending things. And I kept replying to them. And every now and then I would get QAnon people to jump at me and start fighting with me about it. And it was all the standard kind of stuff where they're like, oh, we're just getting people to talk about this kind of thing. And it's like, yeah, by baselessly accusing a woman who's famous and also liberal and thus you hate her. She's also black, and they hate that too, because QAnon is racist as fuck. Uh, spoiler, sorry. Probably should have warned you ahead of time. But uh, they just hate her, so they're going to tear her down any way they can, and they don't care that they were lying. They, they'll never care about that. Just If we get people talking about Oprah, it's a good thing. Okay, great. Wonderful. Um... MG says, QAnon claims there are millions of missing kids we don't know about, but they don't seem to care about the thousands of kids in cages at the border. How do they reconcile this? Why overlook known child abuse to focus on pretend? Uh, my answer to this has been the consistent this whole time. The fake children are white in their eyes. It's really just that simple. They are racists, they are terrible human beings, and they follow the God Emperor uh, unwaveringly. And if the God Emperor puts brown children in cages, well, they deserve it. And if the God Emperor is liberating white children from the dumbs, then thank God he's doing it. And I hope he does it faster. They have no understanding of statistics and how they actually work, because abductions by strangers happens basically never in America. So if you were going to create a uh, child trafficking ring for all the blood-drinking Satanists in Hollywood, you would now have to make it an international crime ring. And that means you've got to deal with all kinds of logistical problems, as well as innumerate governments that you are trafficking these people to and from. And uh, lots of room for error and your supply chain getting cut off. And people in poor countries rolling on you for uh, small amounts of money, because that's how uh, societies work, and that's how bribes are made. So yeah, um, they don't care. It's totally irrational. It makes no sense. And they just, again, they just know that the mole children are victims of their enemies, whereas... The actual children in cages on our border are victims of Donald Trump. And that's a good thing to them because Donald Trump is God incarnate. He is literally the God Emperor. Um, Let's see. Groovy Ellipsis Cat with a couple stars in there says, What will they do when Trump trots out a vaccine for coronavirus? Lose their fucking minds. Uh, will they allow their children to receive, to be vaccinated? No. Will they turn against him and receive the mark of the beast, or as some quarters are calling, any possible vaccine for this virus? Uh, they This will split QAnon, absolutely. There will be the hardcore Trump supporters that will never back down, and then there are going to be the, the anti-vaxxers, which if you look at any just general QAnon thread anywhere, they're out of their minds they they think bill gates is going to kill us all and so this is not a thing that they're going to take lightly if 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 trump is in power when the vaccine comes out it will be hilarious the reaction from qAnon absolutely hilarious uh, and I see a bunch of comments. Uh, someone says, have you seen this Sick Bastards video? It's a video from some weirdo and a crank whose name I've heard before. Oh, he's, uh, he's, uh, Field McConnell's buddy, uh, Health. I haven't watched his video yet. He talks about the mole children. He's out of his mind. So, yeah, that guy is, uh, a treat. Uh... Rose Salivary, with uh, two R's in the Rose, says, If they truly cared about rescuing children, why would they want to waste resources tracking down and inventing unsubstantiated claims instead of tracking them to actual cases of human trafficking? Because they can't blame their enemies for the actual human trafficking happening in our world. And that's the point of QAnon allowing you to hate the people you hate and giving you a flimsy justification for doing so. So when people say, why do you hate Hillary Clinton? You can say, Because she rapes children. I want to protect the children from that kind of stuff. Don't you? And then when you say when you, a normal human being, says Hillary doesn't rape children, what the fuck are you talking about? They say, Oh yeah. I bet you think thought Epstein didn't rape kids, or Harvey Weinstein, or Nexium, or John of God, Oprah's buddy, and she's in on it too. And that's that's how they operate. It's just Throwing throwing enough slime at you that they're allowed to throw their punches at the people they hate. That's all they want to do. Um, Rose asks a lot of questions. Let's wrap up the rest of these. Is association with a pedophile opens one of the accusation, uh, Accusations of pedophile. How do they reconcile the many encounters had by Trump with Epstein and the many celebrities they wish to accuse? Uh, Keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Trump was the only guy, the only rich, powerful, famous person on earth who didn't uh, either uh, rape, murder, or traffic children at any point in his life. He is Jesus-like in his sinless life that he has lived. Hail Donald Trump, our new Christ. And then... um, And then they bring up uh, 8chan by saying, why would someone who cares about children by supporting a website known for hosting child porn and catering to people who like looking at a cartoon imagery of children in sexual contexts? How is this not more incriminating than allusions to pizza or spirals on signs? It's all of these things. The entire uh, Praying Medic and a bunch of other QAnon uh, promoters will tell their followers, do not go to 8kun. Like, just stick to the archiving sites. They do not want to drive traffic to uh, Jim Watkins' uh, cesspool of Nazism and fetish porn. Because they know it's bad for them. They know it looks really bad to have all that crap out there in public. Um, Graffiti forensics says, Isn't it amazing how carelessly they act and talk, often just like the deep staters and CPS agencies they point fingers at? Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. They are just monsters. They're just terrible people who have no self awareness whatsoever, and don't care to have any self awareness. They they just are literal, just pure id. They just want to rage against the people they hate, and that's all. That's it. That's all they want. They just want to be angry. They want to be angry, and they want to have a. They want to give themselves an excuse for that anger. They don't care if it's not a good excuse. They just want to have an excuse. So that was the uh, rather robust question section of the podcast, and I've made it over the 30-minute mark, which is my goal to give you a delicious half hour of quarantine content to enjoy. I have fulfilled my end of the bargain, so I'm going to get out of here, probably talk again tomorrow or the day after that about ranked choice voting, because it's a hobby horse of mine I just love. And I've heard some interesting critiques about it, and I'd like to address them, so I'll Tune in then if you'd want to hear about that. If not, tune in on the next QAnon podcast, because you know those are coming, because I'm never going to stop talking about QAnon. Catch you all later. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder
0: of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter.